Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the Sports Launch Podcast, where Justin and I try to gauge where the Twins rotation ranks in all of MLB. Should fans be mad that the Twins had to give up more than just Gratterall for a pitcher and Kenta Maeda? And should the Twins be done adding? the trade is now official. The Twins have acquired Kenta Maeda, $10 million in cash for Bruce Shaw Gratterall, outfield prospect Luke Rayleigh, and a competitive balance B pick 67. Justin, where do you stand on this trade? I'm actually pretty excited about the $10 million. I think this is going towards the fans, or I think it's coming towards uh, Donaldson's contract? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like, you know, it really could be used for anything, to be honest. It could be for the Kenta Maeda to keep paying for him. I mean, I'm excited that they got $10 million back in cash because now it can be spent anywhere and it gives you freed up money for down the road. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like you and me, you kind of talked about here off the podcast, uh, you know, Kenta Maeda's contract isn't that much. And I feel like with getting that $10 million, the Twins kind of gave themselves a little bit of win- or kind of that wiggle room here a little bit to, you know, not just pay, you know, Donaldson that we just got here a month ago but also gives us a little bit of money to pay uh kenta maeda here as well which is a huge upgrade for the twins going forward what's your thoughts here on now that we have kenta maeda what's your thoughts here on kenta maeda well first of all it's going to make your rotation deeper and better than it was last year maeda brings playoff experience he brings world series experience you're now in a better spot than you were when you first were going into this season last year um you're gonna have barrios as your number one jake odorizzi as your number two i think maeda lines up at three even though I think Odorizzi and Maeda could be interchangeable. But then you're going to have Homer Bailey at four, and they're going to have some sort of competition down at spring training for that five spot between guys like Randy Dobnik, Lewis Thorpe, or Devin Smeltzer, at least until Rich Hill comes back from his rehab stint and Michael Pineda comes back from his suspension that he still has to serve beginning of the season. Yeah. One thing I kind of want to bring up here with Kenta Maeda is I kind of read uh, Twins Daily by Matthew Trueblood here on February 5th. I kind of looked into some or kind of some stats here on Kenta Maeda, which I thought was very interesting. Um, there's only 104 pitchers that threw at least 2,000 pitches in 2019, and Maeda was one of them. So, I mean, look how many pitchers are in baseball, and he was one of those guys, those 104 pitchers that did that. So he has a lot of durability, which is a great thing to see. He has the sixth highest uh, whiff rate on swings in baseball right now, which is crazy. I mean, he's higher than guys like Giolito, Sale, and DeGrom, which is, I mean, people put those guys at a pretty high state. And for a guy that only has an average fastball of only 92.3 uh, miles per hour, it's a thing where this guy's finding ways to get people to swing and miss. For fans understanding what Maeda's going to throw at him, um, it's going to depend on who he's facing. So if he's facing a lot of right-handed hitters, uh, expect kind of more of that slider and fastball to be coming at him more often. He likes to get people to have a little bit less balance um, when it comes to that right-handed side. Um, and then on the left-handed side, he's looking a little bit more of using that change-up versus the slider. So he's going more of that change-up and then adding a little bit of a, fa- as a fastball as that second-tier pitch to get people to get more of those swings. He was also seventh most on swings outside of the strike zone, which people don't really understand is if you're going to be dominating his off-speed pitch, that means that that fastball has to be hitting pretty well too. So they have the seventh most swings outside the strike zone means they don't know what's coming at them. And I think that's a huge add for the Twins. 
You mentioned how Maeda trade is a great thing for the Twins, which I agree with it. And it made me start to wonder today, what does this rotation look like in the entire MLB or where does it rank? And let me tell you, it was difficult, but here's how I did it. So I took teams eliminated and I figured out eight teams that weren't even close. They're kind of the bottom feeders of starting rotations. The teams I came up with were the Toronto Blue Jays, Baltimore Orioles, Kansas City Royals, Detroit Tigers, Seattle Mariners, Miami Marlins, Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Giants. And then I put another category where it's not eliminated, but they're not better than the Twins. And that I came up with six teams, the Rockies, the Padres, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Brewers, the White Sox, and the Angels. And then my top 16 rotations and where I think the Twins rank in amongst these better rotations is I put the Nationals number one, Tampa Bay Rays number two, Yankees number three, Cleveland number four, the Cincinnati Reds number five, the Mets number six, Dodgers seven, Braves eight, and the Twins I came up with at nine. Um, I can go on and say that the Astros were 10, Cardinals were 11, Rangers were 12, Cubs were 13, Phillies were 14, Boston was 15, and the Oakland Athletics were 16. And I guess the kind of the way that I did it was I looked at their war from last year, how their rotation not only stacks up to each other, but I looked health-wise as well. And I think to me, when you're looking at a starting rotation, that's always key. But then the depth of the different rotations. But I came up with the Twins at nine. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, I got 100% agree with that a little bit. I mean, I looked at all these teams a little extensively as well, too. And I kind of had them in between. I didn't like give them a ranking. I'm just like, yeah, they're probably between that eight and 12 range. So, I mean, you could literally put them as high as eight, depending on how well they pitch. Um, but you could also could, as a starting rotation, say, yeah, they could be as low as 12, too. I mean, there's a lot of close teams there. Um, I was looking at teams like the Braves, for example, or the Cardinals, or they're kind of close with those teams. And you're just like, I mean, just flip a quarter on the day and you never know what you're going to get out of any of those pitchers on, you know, those teams, but they have the depth and the quality i think that's the same as the twins that you can see as well so i mean um i see you did rank the astros though kind of low i mean what was your thoughts on that so when I was looking at the Astros, I think the Garrett Cole loss is a huge loss for the Astros. You got Verlander one, but he has a lot of innings on that arm. You then have Zach Greinke, whose fastball is what, tops at 90 maybe? He might be able to grunt to 92 out there, but not very often likely. And I just, I think eventually people are going to be able to figure out Zach Greinke in the American League. So I just, I'm not sure that he's quite a good fit. I still get why they made the trade as you're going for the World Series, but I'm just not sure what you're going to get. And I think people are going to be able to figure out. And then you have Lance McCullers coming back off of an arm injury from last year. Who knows what he's going to be? Is he going to be able to come back healthy? Is he going to struggle? So to me, I think this Twins rotation is better than that Astros rotation. And you know, there's some of the ones I'm looking 11 through 16 that down the road, I might move them ahead of the Astros. But right now, I think the Astros are at 10. And I think that's where they should be slotted. Yeah, I mean, I know people kind of look at the Astros as this most dominant team. And they've been very well for the last few years here. But when you really break this team down and... And you got to look at this in a larger perspective. They just lost Garrett Cole. And that's a huge loss for anybody's rotation. And as good as, as uh, Verlander's been, he's had a lot of wear and tears on, especially making the World Series here two of the last three years. I think that's going to be a big hit. I don't, I'm not trying to be a hater here of Justin Verlander. And, and I'm sure any of our fans that like the Astros out there, you know, I, I don't want hate mail coming back, you know, <laughs> towards me here for this. Um, but I, I just, I've, I've told you, and I've been telling you this for a couple of years, for some reason, I just feel like Verlander is eventually going to tip off the clip here of 
cliff here a little bit and kind of go down to realistic levels here. He's been great here for so long. And I mean, hats off to this guy. I mean, he's done a lot in his career to change where he was at from in, you know, being at Detroit to where he's at here in Houston. But at the same exact time, I can't, there's no way I can keep this, ex, you know, expecting him to be at this level. And like you said, you brought McCullers, you know, you know, I think he had shoulder issues from last from last season, but that's a lot uh, to put on those two guys on that rotation. I mean, we were both thinking about this, like who's going to be their day four and five starters. And when you're having those questions being season, I'm taking the twins right now who, yeah, we may not know a hundred percent, but we have guys like Rich Hill. They'll come back here. Pineda will come back here. We have guys like Homer Bailey on the twins, for example, sitting in there at day four, which I am perfectly fine with right now. And why I would agree with you, I would put the twins right now currently ahead of the Astros. Are you upset that the twins added more to the trade or no? You know, I got to a chance to look into this a little bit. So, I mean, at first it was Gretel, right? And it was just Gretel gone. He was going to Boston. The Twins got Kentamade. And I was like, yeah, I get this. And I was excited about Ken Kentamade, even though we lost Gretel. But now I've had a chance to sit down and think about this. You know, we had a, comp- was a competitive pick or compensation pick here. Um, and then we also threw in, you said there's an outfielder stone in this. Is that correct? Yes, Luke Rayleigh, who played at AAA last year. He's an outfielder, hit 302, on-base percentage of 362, with a slugging percentage of 516. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that'll work out pretty well. I think the team will have... I I, I, would, I would say yes. I would say I would, I, I'm fine with this trade. I mean, yeah, it just sucked to lose the 67th pick in next year's... And this is, this is on next year's draft, I'm assuming, correct? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we lose 6th pick in next year's draft. And then we also lose out on Gradwell, who was one of our top three prospects. I get it. But we get a guy in Kentima Ada. We get $10 million, which is going to help us pay Kentima Ada for the next year or two years, depending on you know how he does, basically, with the twins but um and i think that's going to be a huge addition to us we need to have help in that rotation um we didn't we're not having these talks about rotations right and the question before of the twins being top 10 without having kentamayita and i think because of that it gives our team a much bigger boost and i'm actually kind of i'm actually fine with the trade i think it actually worked out just fine i was worried about is that boston was you know pushing us to give out you know two top 10 prospects and i was like okay are we actually going to give out two top 10 prospects to boston because if that would have happened, then yeah, I would have been on the definitely on the upset side of it. But I'm glad that the twins, you know, held, you know, their their ground on this one. And they decided to go, hey, let's let's make uh the Dodgers meal you know, make some moves and because they they're they're getting the top end player in bets. And because of that, the twins get what they want out of this. They get a little bit of cash. They may have to give a little bit in some draft picks and another player, but they got Kentamayita still, and we didn't. I mean, it was honestly, I feel like it was just kind of the same bolt. We still got Kentamayita, but we you got a little bit back as well too. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Yes, the Twins had to give up more, but really wasn't that much more for us to complain about. They gave up a prospect in Luke Rayleigh where the Twins farm system already has a ton of outfield depth. So giving up an outfielder, I don't feel is that big of a deal. And then you gave up a draft pick where in baseball, it's not like football or basketball. These guys aren't coming in to help you right away. They're coming in four, five, six years down the road. So we have no idea what that pick would have ended up to be. So yes, the Twins gave up more, but I don't really see it as being a bad thing. I mean, we didn't give up a pitcher or a shortstop or anywhere in our farm system that we don't have the depth. We gave up an outfielder. You have Kepler, Buxton, Rosario. 
Then you have guys like Larnick in the farm system and Alex Kirloff in the farm system, among many others. So they traded away from a position of depth. They didn't give away anything of need or that would soon be coming to the big leagues. So I was totally fine giving up more. We got more back in return. So if you're going to get more back in return, you got to give up more as a team wanting to get more in return. Yeah, and you get a look at this though too is, yeah, it sucks giving up the 67th pick in next year's draft. But if you're ownership right now, you got to go all in a little bit with this team. They have a very good team come up here with getting Josh Donaldson. And two, you got to look at this in their perspective. I kind of look at it like in a perspective of like, hey, you don't know who you're going to get. They're not going to be up here anytime soon. And they're probably, you don't know if they're going to pan out. I mean, we, how many twins prospects have we had that we're like all excited about, right? And then sometimes they just don't pan out. And it's it's a bummer because it kind of puts your franchise in a, in a perspective of, wow, this guy is really good and he's supposed to be really good. And then they never pan out when they get to MLB and then their value drops. So for the twins, like we had Greta off last year, his value is pretty high. Seeing people see him throw 100 miles an hour. But I think you and me probably both agree right now is he's not a starting pitcher material currently. And because of that, I think the twins had to go the direction of, hey, let's try to ship him and see, you know, if he pans out, you know, best of luck to him. But for the twins getting Kent to my Ada in the return, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to work out pretty well, especially for the upcoming 2020 season. And one thing I forgot to mention in this trade is the twins are actually getting a low level prospect back from the Dodgers. So it's not like we're giving up Luke Rayleigh for nothing. We're actually getting a prospect back in return, which could be a pitcher, which could end up better than Luke Rayleigh. And it also builds up depth where you possibly don't have depth, where you have the depth in the outfield. So you can make Luke Rayleigh more available than a top 10 prospect or a prospect from a different area in your farm system. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not something that a lot of fans are probably excited about when they hear, oh my gosh, top third prospect was given away. I mean, we must have gotten something really legit. And then they see Kenta Maeda and they're like, and you know, most fans, they go and look at the stats are like 4.04 ERA. What the heck are we doing? You know, um, but at the end of the day, the, you got to look at this in a larger perspective and See, the Twins, they they t- untapped a lot of potential. You know, look at the guys we got last year, and we untapped a lot of potential out of those guys that were pitchers, that weren't even big-name pitchers. So sometimes you have to just trust your pitching staff. Sometimes you have to just trust your front office. And I, I feel like this is going to go in the right direction for the Twins, and I'm actually pretty excited about it. Do you think the Twins should be done? With adding and dropping? Yeah. Ooh. And I'm not talking now. I'm talking come July, let's say everything's going good. Should they be done? Do you think they'll be done? Or do you think they'll keep adding? I would say they're going to be done for sure. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, for all those listeners, I actually think the Twins are gonna, are they're done for now. I think that they're just going to go with the roster they have now. They have six solid pitchers, even though two are not going to be there to start the season. I think they're going to be fine on pitching. I think the only way the Twins make a move now is at the, is around July, the trade deadline. And if they're going to be moving and making a move, then they're making a move for the World Series. So... They'll use our prospects at that point in time, and they will make a move for an elite-level pitcher. And it's going to depend on where a lot of these teams are at. Every team right now, I'm pretty positive for at least about 22 of these 30 ball clubs think that they're going to have a shot to make the playoffs next season. So if you're in that boat, you have to be thinking, I'm not trading anybody away. But by the time the trade deadline comes around, it might be down to 15, which now we've gained seven more teams to trade with. And with those seven more teams, now we're sitting in a boat where, hey, we might be able to go get a top end pitcher or, you know, get somebody that can help rotation and during the postseason. So I would say right now, I would say we're not going to add anybody, but as we get closer to the postseason or, you know, just in July in general, I expect the twins to make a move. 
I know the rule of five rule, and I think that's something me and Andrew will have to talk about here in a future podcast, that we do have a lot of players come with rule of five. I think that's going to be a huge factoration come July that I expect some players to be moved just because the rule of five rule, we don't want to be losing prospects for nothing. So that will be something I think that we'll kind of go more in detail, like I said, in future podcasts of what players are involved in this and where we expect them to go. Um, but yeah, I definitely expect the twins to definitely make a splash in some way, shape or form, but I'm not expecting it until July. How about yourself? I don't see it until July either. I think they're done. The only thing that I saw maybe today could be a bench bat, but pitching wise, bullpen wise, I think it's in July. I think they add a starting pitcher. I don't think they're done with adding Maeda. I think they go and get a guy that either slots in right behind Barrios or ahead of Barrios to add to that starting rotation. And in my opinion, they shouldn't be done. We both kind of said that the Twins could be in that 8 to 12 range. Boost yourself up into that top 5 range. And maybe they get there during the season. We can revisit this down the road. I was just looking at it as of today. Where do they rank? But you can never have enough pitching. So go get a guy that's possibly available. It seems like the Twins are all in on this season. And get a guy that can either slot in right behind Jose Barrios or ahead of Jose Barrios, making him your number two. And go all in. I think this team is good enough to win a World Series. Why not make that one final move that puts you above every other team? Yeah, I kind of, to go back on what you're kind of seeing here, I don't think the Twins are going to make a move for just anybody. They're going to look for somebody that's either, again, right behind Barrios that has that potential to be an ace pitcher or they're looking for a legitimate ace they're looking for somebody that can slot in and be the day one starter of the first game of the postseason where we get Brios more on that day two position and we gotta expect at that point that some of these guys like i said in that rule five will be probably thrown in there and we probably might lose probably one of our top three or four or five prospects just gonna definitely be thrown there too but at the end of the day like i said like the twins they're they're gonna go all to win the season if they're doing well and we expect them to be ahead in the division and being first place by july this is something that we should expect as fans that this is going to happen i'm not going to expect it here in the next month or two anything like like that's going to happen because no team is gonna every team thinks they have a shot to win and the majority of these teams that the pitchers we're probably looking at at that at that caliber are not going to be available right now right now we just need to start the season go from there and then running july comes around some of these teams are now have some of their pitchers now available because their teams are 15 or 20 games below 500 this might be a good time for the twins to start slotting in and start working on some enticing them with some of our top end prospects and some of these real five players and go from there and you know maybe throw in somebody else as well too but we got to do what we can we have too many outfits right now for prospects sitting out there like andrew's talking about and it's something that if we hit the right team you know we can definitely get a lot back in return i feel like i think kenta maeda made this rotation deep i think it made the rotation set to win the division i don't think it put us into the world series no neither do i i really don't i don't think we're been the yankees right now i mean i i <laughs> Even looking at the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, I mean, they're they're going to be a tough team this season. The thing is, it's nice that they both play each other. So the scary part is one is going to be a wild card team, and I'm expecting it to be the Rays right now. I guess they play each other, so maybe if the Twins can beat up on our division, that we can get a better record in both of them. We'll at least have home games to play both these teams. But at the, at the same exact time, the Twins just they need to focus on the road head, um, build as much as they can, and then make that transition for our front office You know, in July. Well, hopefully we're up by 5-10 games by then again where we can start looking at making the right moves to bolster our rotation. Hopefully at that top end at that time. That'll do it for the Tuesday edition of the Sports Launch Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.